Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. I am fucking exhausted, but I want to get this done because, yeah, it's been a pretty crazy trip, pretty incredible trip. A lot has happened in a short amount of time. I have been getting very little sleep. I've been working a lot on Saturday. All the stress was catching up to me. I knew Sunday, like I wasn't going to be able to get everything done. I've been trying to get these covers done in time. I'm also trying to launch the Death Fest Confessions, those short stories. I was going to launch three of them by Wednesday, but I had to get stuff back from a translator and editor, and I didn't finish all the shit I should do. Uh, so I was really stressed out Sunday morning. My wife's like, look, hon, you're a mess. You are super stressed. Why don't we go do jiu-jitsu 11 o'clock open mat? I'm like, fuck, I don't have the time. I'm really angry, though. I'm just like, fuck it. Like, you know what? It's probably a good idea. Let's just go. Someone would just beat me up. And I went, and yeah, I felt better because I got to roll with Coach West. That was awesome. But then I fucking I hurt my, my shoulder joint. So I had that on the plane, barely slept on the plane. Couldn't bring, like, I dumped, like, nine pounds of stuff whether they're books or clothes or patent merchandising some of the death fest shirts that i'll be selling everyone's digging these things i wasn't able to bring a lot of stuff but the whole time i was like and my wife was great about just kept refocusing me telling me like just go and enjoy it and whatever's done is done like i wanted to print up uh 20 sheets like one sheet for each book and for new stuff coming out and have everything nice and ready about half of it got done but then setting up the booth, seeing the booth, comparing it to all these other authors or publishers, small publishers, bigger publishers, I was like, you know what? We look pretty good. I think the booth looks awesome. I was really proud of how it all came together. It's just so cool that I've had so many of my friends that are part of it. Like my buddy Carl has done lots of the covers. My buddy Jay has done covers. Carl's done lots of the photos. I've been showing off the jiu-jitsu book. Having all kinds of cool conversations with people losing my voice because of it and this hasn't been the crazy days yet like this has just been meeting booksellers stuff like that but i have the big ass banner the six by ten moth banner and everyone's loving that that's getting people's attention Derek the demon is here so he's getting people's attention has started so many cool conversations i've been speaking a little bit in german but the cool thing is i'm understanding a lot in German. When people are talking, I'm able to get the gist of what they're saying. I was having a talk with a lady today. She couldn't think of the words she wanted in English. So I was like, oh, just say it in German and I'll try to understand it. And uh, I was able to get the gist of what she was saying. So I was like, that's super cool. But uh, yeah, just meeting a lot of really interesting people, people that love the try not to die idea, but then also people that were having good conversations about my brain book, other ones that are into MMA and have trained and are blown away that I even trained under Eddie Bravo and that I've been to Jackson Wink and, you know, just shit like that. So that was really cool. It gets me re-motivated about these things that I, you know, just kind of forget about. It's like, oh, well, that was, I did that before. Yeah, but it's been nonstop. And then on Tuesday, I was jet lagged. I didn't sleep much at all. I went and I trained at MMA Spirit, interviewed two of the guys from there. That was awesome. I interviewed the coach. And uh, Robin, who was a purple belt, smaller than me, but he was kicking my ass during our, we did like three rolls. And, but it was awesome. And then I was able to talk to him afterwards. He was speaking in English. Uh, both, both of them were able to. 
and just a really cool conversation. So that's another little bit of my jujitsu journey. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Got photos, got the interviews, made some new friends. And then the plan was to do train again tonight. I was supposed to train twice on Tuesday. Then I was going to train tonight. And then I was also going to train tomorrow night. I'm like, you know what? I just canceled tomorrow night because I, let's see, yesterday I woke up at one in the morning and I just worked. I stayed, I tossed and turned from like one to three, but then I just worked from 3.30 until 7.30, 8 o'clock, and then went straight to the fair and was working all day long until 7 o'clock. Um, and then today I woke up at 3.30 in the morning, went straight to work. I had a, I wanted to finish the Death Fest Confession. That story is awesome. So I did the English version and German version. Those are both out right now. Those are 99 cents. Should be on all platforms maybe not apple maybe not all retailers have it yet but uh, yeah very sick horror story so if you like your horror stories pretty graphic and gnarly then jump on that uh it's just so cool to see these coming out for me to read these stories about bands that glenn and i created uh you know we didn't know much about them this band that uh, and b is for brother it's mary jane's mother all i knew about them was they're a stoner band i mean i didn't know how someone would write a horror story about them but this is, this is intense and very cool. If all goes well, then tomorrow on, so on Friday, hopefully I will have Simone's out. Maybe, maybe Friday night, Saturday, we'll see. Hers is going to be Die Forever. That's going to be in English and German. And then the next day I should have Caitlin's done. And that is Eat Me, Verschlingmisch. So that one should be cool. The Germans love it when I tell them the titles of my stories and try out my accent. So yeah, working on those. Also trying to get my website updated. I need. I made the whole list. I'm gathering all the items to send to the guy. Um, trying to update some covers here and there. Gonna write the newsletter. But holy shit, yeah, it is. It is not easy. This has been super hard. Plus, my son has been having a very hard time. He doesn't even want to call me because he doesn't want to become more sad. But he's been super struggling. Just really missing me. So that's been hard. You know, so, but I just focus on what I can. And right now that's all the positives. Yeah. I'm just like having so many cool ass conversations. That's what I love. All the bonus stuff, like this publisher from Hungary, she's very interested in trying not to die. Different agents were interested in it, thinking it could do really well in France and Italy. Um, great talk with the, this audiobook person, ways to improve my business, ways to kind of pass some stuff off. Just had an awesome conversation with, he's a horror movie producer. He showed me his movie has made in Germany. He is looking for, he really loved the all the vibe. He said we were soulmates in a second. Super cool guy. But he was wondering if I have anything that could be set in Germany. I was like, dude, that bright side would be fucking perfect for there. And I told him about it and he agreed. And so he got a copy of the book and he's going to check that out. And if that doesn't work, then I'll pitch him some other stuff. But that connection was super awesome. Yeah, I told him, you know, I want to break into the German market. That is what I'm going to do. If I don't find the right German publisher for Try Not to Die, 100% I'll start publishing them myself. Just trans get them translated. You know, more expense. I want it to take on more work, but knowing the right people, having it. And I could, you know, I'll probably just do Death Fest first because uh, that makes the most sense since Death Fest Confessions is in German. All 15 of those stories. Why not also do uh, death fest in German. And then we could figure out the rest of them. That's if a bigger publisher does not bite on a German publisher. We shall see. Tomorrow is another day of uh, meetings and stuff. 
So, yeah, that is what is going on. Fucking sorry, I can't bring the energy up, but I am beat. I still want to do some work tonight. I don't know how much I'll get done. Yeah, I got to wake up early, kind of go get some oiro and uh, stuff like that. So tomorrow is the first day of meeting of the public. They come in at 2 p.m., and that should be pretty awesome. We shall see what the reactions are. But right now, yeah, people are digging it. Booksellers are digging it. They like the ideas. They like just the whole, there isn't much horror. I've been walking around, going to different publishers, looking at their books. I'm like, shit, could my stuff fit here? Would this be a good publisher for me? Would this be, would this be? Like, no, I've not seen a whole lot. So, yeah, if I got to do it myself, if I can't get a bigger publisher to do it, then, yeah, I'm cool putting in the work, getting it done. I think I have a good product. That's what I'm telling everyone. That's what they're sensing. Um, and now it's just about finding the readers. I'm finding a lot of readers here. I'm finding a lot of cool people, really connecting with them. And that's awesome, especially for the German readers. It's like Because I don't have any kind of German marketing. I don't have any kind of following here. But that is changing as of now. So usually I read you guys a, well, sometimes I read you guys a story, but that's not happening. My boys, I got to say before tomorrow, I'm probably not going to go to the Nachtblut concert tomorrow either. I was really thinking about doing that tomorrow night. The German heavy metal band I listened to, they're pretty hardcore. Not too far from me. I was like, oh, it's a sign that uh, I should go because it's on Friday night. And if I don't do jujitsu, I could go to the concert. But then I realized Saturday, I'm not going to be able to, I won't be able to talk. I won't be able to, it would just, it wouldn't be a good idea. So if I'm going to be a professional, if I'm going to handle this, you know, not fuck things up, then no concert for me. So I will probably go to bed tomorrow fairly early, depending on whether or not I have Caitlin's story finished. If I don't, then I'll work on that until I do. <sighs> because this stuff is important. So that's the non fun part of this. The fun part is meeting people, seeing their reactions when they die or they don't die at death fest or wherever I'm giving them choices. All that's been super cool. Um, but yeah, the non fun part is coming back here and having to try to format shit or trying to do whatever and especially trying to do it tired. So, and even replying on social media, like it took me forever even just to post anything about the story that came out today and shit back at grandma's house. I almost forgot to tell you guys. Back at, try not to die, back at Grandma's house came out on Wednesday. I don't know. So, yeah, you can pick that up, too. So, that one is $3.99, I think. And the paperback is out also. So, try not to die, back at Grandma's house. It's fast. It's furious. There are only a dozen death scenes. That's the one I wrote with my buddy P.W. Foyts. Did an incredible job. Yeah, I made it to be something on, if you read Grandma's house, or trying to die at grandma's house, definitely check out trying to die back at grandma's house. And then you can pick up those confession stories. Yeah, first one's already out. B is for brother. Tomorrow will be die forever. Hopefully, it'll be out by the time you're listening to this. So you can pick up both. And they're also in German. So if you want to try that for mental exercise, yeah, pick that shit up. All right, guys. I guess I'll leave you with a story. But I don't even know what it's going to be. Hmm. All about something. I'll pick something off a of twisted reading. We'll go with a horror story. Not sure what it's going to be. Surprise. Boo, bitches. All right. I'm going to end this. If I can get some sleep and probably work in the morning. All right.
shades of death. I wake, the concrete cold against my cheek. Everything's black. I can't see my hand even though my palm is touching the tip of my nose. I have no idea how I got here. I don't even know where here is. I'm indoors, that much I'm sure. I remember being at home, falling asleep on the couch. Somebody must have grabbed me. Maybe the feds. But I don't think so. I mean, this isn't a cell. I smell something cooking. Maybe chicken? Someone says something in Spanish. Julio must have found out I can't ever pay him back. Seems like my head would be sore from a knock on the head. Or I'd be groggy from being drugged, but I can think fine. I just can't see. I whisper, Hello? My voice bounces right back. There has to be a wall pretty close. I whisper again to the right and then straight up. Each time, the same echo. No wind, just my voice and the one in Spanish. It's a guy. He's laughing now. <laughs> or maybe he's screaming. And my eyes start to adjust. It's not completely dark. On the wall in front of me, there are the outlines of two large rectangles. It looks like someone carved through the wall with the thinnest laser, so just the hint of sunlight could tease me. I get to my knees. I'm not tied up. I stand and take a step to the left. The tiles cool against my fingers and a bit damp. I stick out my arm. I wave it back and forth as I inch towards the smaller rectangle. There's no sound other than my shuffling feet now. No laughter, no Spanish. Just my hurried breath. I'm so close. I'm close enough to see the rectangle's a window with the drawn shade. The fabric's disgusting and sticky and I imagine a web of a giant spider whose feet are silently scurrying across the ceiling. I know there aren't giant spiders that prey on people, but my mind prefers to think of eight-legged death than whatever is on the other side of the wall. As far as the explanation for how I got here, I'm guessing it's pretty bad. If it really is Julio, I'm fucked. I need to know where I am. So I tug and release the shade, and a bright fluorescent light from another room blinds me. I assumed I'd see a streetlight or some trees somewhere to escape. It takes a moment for my eyes to adjust to the harsh light. The other room is larger. There's no furniture. There's just a naked Hispanic man cowering in the corner. His belly round and legs so spindly it looks like he might collapse. No sound carries through the window so I can't hear his panicked yells as he waves his hand at the two snarling pit bulls in the corner of the room. The dogs bare their teeth, snap at the man. There's a speaker above them. The second I see it, the savage barking comes blaring into my ears. It's coming from behind me, another speaker in my room. I turn back to the window. The blue brindle drips bloody saliva onto the tiled floor next to a stringy piece of raw meat. The man moves in my direction, and I see where that morsel came from. He's missing a large chunk of his right thigh. The white bone glistens under a layer of shredded tendons and muscle. 
The man spots me. He's screaming in Spanish. The black pit leaps, clamps its jaws shut on the man's left hand. It tears through the index and middle fingers, gulps them down like a tasty treat. The man tries to run, pushes off with his injured leg, slips on the slick tiles, and hits the ground. The pit attacks, but the man kicks out with his good foot, nails the dog square on its nose. The other pit snaps at the man's mangled hand, but he draws it back just in time, punches the pit's massive head. Both dogs are stunned, and the man's back on his feet, hobbling toward me. He waves me away, his mouth's open, but I can no longer hear his screams. Someone's controlling the speakers. He's reaching to the left of the window, towards an outline of the larger rectangle. It has to be a door, but I don't feel a handle. Still, I brace myself against the rectangle. Sorry, but I can't let in the dogs. His contorted, sweating face is staring back at me. I can't look at him. On the back wall behind him are two windows, black shades drawn. In the middle of both, there's a door with a shiny silver knob. I point to it, but he doesn't seem to comprehend. The dogs are back after him. The black pit flies through the air, turns its enormous head to the side, chomps down on the man's right hamstring. The other latches on his arm, thrashes back and forth. The man keeps his eyes on mine, his jaw set and his brow furrowed as he drags the dogs toward the glass. The black pit loses its grip, then charges and bites down on the man's Achilles, snapping it in half. Somehow the guy keeps coming bent over like an old man dragging a ball and chain. A chunk of meat tears free from his leg and he stumbles forward. His forehead slams into the middle of the window. I feel the faint vibration, but I still can't hear anything. His tortured face slides down the glass, leaving a trail of sweat and blood. He disappears below the window. The door shakes. I move back, put everything I've got into blocking it. Feeling like a coward, I yank down the shade and throw myself back into darkness. I slide down the door and scream, Stop shaking! I've never been so scared. I tell myself the dogs aren't getting through that window. I tell myself the man's suffering is over. I wait for a minute. Two. I'm sitting on a damp spot. Is it sweat? Is it piss? I slide my finger along the floor. I can't see. It doesn't smell like urine. I fucking hate dogs. I got bit when I was three, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. I can't stay in here and wait for whatever this asshole is planning. Am I next? This isn't Julio doing this. He's fucked up, but not like this. I've got to get out of here. Why didn't I think to look around this room while it was lit? I could have planned something. Instead, I'm sitting here like a scared kid without a nightlight, not about to open that shade above my head. I'm not daring those dogs to attack. I get up, drag my hand along the wall. I hope I'll find a knob, a button, something. Finally, I find another shade. I don't believe in God, but I'm praying as I yank on the shade. The room's identical to the dog room. It has the same two windows at the back, each with the same black shade drawn and the same shiny doorknob. But this time there's an athletic twenty-something lying on his stomach in the right corner. 
He's naked besides a silver necklace. His face buried behind the crook of his muscular arm. There aren't any dogs. I knock on the glass, hoping the guy can help. He doesn't stir. I back up and throw my weight against it. He still doesn't move, so I do so again, and something pops in my shoulder as I bounce off the window. He twitches. Come on, come on, you big fucker, get up. The man moves his arm, uncovers his face. The entire left side flush against the floor. He opens his eyes and stares at me. I wave him over. Come on! With the side of his face still against the floor, the guy places both palms on the ground and pushes. It looks like he's doing some kind of push-up where he keeps his head close to the ground. His neck strains, and the skin on his cheek pulls. Half an inch. An inch. The skin continues to stretch. He jerks his head, and the skin tears, a large patch stuck to the floor, the rest dangling from the side of his face. As he gets to his feet and staggers over, I see his entire body is blistered, rivers of sweat running between the bubbles. The crucifix hanging from its silver chain glows bright over the man's chest. A crazed, deranged look fills his wide eyes. Two more lurching steps and he falls to a knee. Patches of skin are missing from his forearm and thighs. Steam rises from his head. He says something I can't hear. I point to the wall. Try the door! He shakes his head. The crucifix burns brighter. The steam rising off his head thickens. My room is still cold and damp. Even the glass is cool. He keeps coming for me, waving me away from the window. His feet leave patches of flesh with each step. I spin away. The light from the furnace room illuminates the walls. There's the shiny knob. I can't see the door, only the knob. I grab it and twist it, but it only spins in my hand. It's hard to see in the shadows, but I can't make out any cracks in the walls, no sign of a door. I turn as the light dims. The blistered man's steaming silhouette fills most of the window, blocking out the fluorescent lights. I feel like an ass, but I wave him away and turn my back on him. He stays there for another second and then falls to his knees. The light in his room flickers out. My heart's racing. What the fuck's happening? Someone turned off those lights. When would my light go on? What's going to happen when it does? Maybe I'm just here to watch, but I'm pretty certain that I'm not just a witness. I keep feeling the wall, but there's no other door. There has to be an entrance here. I got in here somehow. Was, was it through the one with the dogs? I reach the corner and suddenly hear water. I keep moving. My foot splashes. I keep moving. The water hits my ankles. I keep moving. I'm back at the first window when the water reaches my shins. I drop to my hands and knees and feel along the tile. There's a current. It's coming from close by. I find the grate where the water's coming from. It's being pumped up from below. I place my ass over it, but it's not enough, not even with my palms helping to block. The water's at my chest now. I have to cover the vent. I strip off my shirt and wad it up and place it over the grate, but I still feel the water pulsing through. My pants are off next, even though I'm sure they're useless. I'm naked, and I think of the men in the other rooms. Were they forced to strip themselves just like me? The water's rising fast. It's at my neck. 
I have a minute or two before the room will be flooded. I paddle with my arms, push the water out of my way. The fuck do you want? I keep asking that, but there's no answer. I'll give you anything, whatever you think I've done. I'll make it up to you, I swear. The water touches my chin, but I continue moving. The bright outline of a rectangle blinks to life in the middle of the back wall. It's the lower third shimmering under the water. I start swimming. I'm a few yards from the wall when I surface and take a deep breath. The water doesn't seem to be rising, but there's a hissing sound, and the pungent smell of chlorine sweeps over me. I write it off as chemically treated water. Take one more breath. The metallic taste of pepper and pineapple stings the back of my throat. My scalp and face start to burn. I lower my head close to the water, shut my eyes. My face no longer burns, but the back of my neck does. I've seen enough of the History Channel to know what chlorine gas can do. My feet can't touch the floor any longer. I just float. The water's stopped at the top of what looks like another window. I plunge my hand to pull the shade, but there's nothing there. Only slick, unbreakable glass. I surface to breathe, and everything burns. Plunging deeper, I feel relief. The shade shoots up the other side of the glass, and a woman, someone I've never seen, stares at me. She's still clothed. It's just starting for her. I scream for her to help, and I point to the glass, tell her to get something to break it, but she backs away. My ears are ringing. I try to float to the surface, but the water's at the ceiling. I keep my eyes locked on the woman's. She only takes another step back from the window, and I don't blame her. Maybe I'm her first window. Maybe she'll find a way out. <laughs>